in the history of Russia, Russia has not been carrying out aggressive, what we'll call wars of empire building around the world. Uh, the only country that's really been actively doing that over the last 30 years is the United States. And you can we can run down the list of different countries where we've launched various military adventures. So what's happening right now is uh, the the reality is Russia is going to secure uh, the Russian-speaking provinces of, of Ukraine. And it's on no timetable. There's no clock ticking down that requires Russia accomplish these tasks by a date certain. Um, what Russia did state at, at the outset is one of its objectives in what they called a special military operation. And we can talk about that later, the difference between a special military operation and actual war, is that they were going to denazify Ukraine and demilitarize. Well, they've got an unusual side benefit. They're actually demilitarizing NATO in the process. Because by taking out Ukraine, you've eliminated what is de facto the second largest army in NATO. Secondly, you've uh, emptied the storehouses and, and warehouses of weapons that NATO had stockpiled. So all of a sudden, instead of having ample supplies of 155 millimeter, millimeter artillery shells, the United States is running around the world begging other countries to sell the United States uh, th those rounds so they can send them back to Ukraine. So I think I think Russia right now, its plan, it's, it's quite content to continue to attrit and degrade uh, the Ukrainian military uh, capability. And they will press forward. I think <clears throat> their ultimate destination is going to be the Dnieper River and taking Odessa. Uh, it is up to the West, really, whether or not you, uh, Russia expands military operations beyond that, uh, because if the West ups the threat, if Poland decides to invade uh, Belarus, or send troops into uh, Ukraine, the western part of Ukraine, and pose a threat to Belarus, then I think uh, Russia's uh, military objectives might change. Yeah, I believe it was uh, somebody in the, the U.S. Navy that came out and said that our stockpile of ammunition in the United States is getting dangerously low. Mm -hmm. um, so yes. when, when you say... <clears throat> Uh, the United States is running out of ammunition and they're buying it from people around the world. That, that's, that's a real story. That's not, that's, yeah, not, that's, that's a real story. We bought it from uh, South Korea. Uh, there's been some reports trying to get it from both Pakistan and from Israel. So the, one of the problems that this highlighted is that unlike 80 years ago, when the United States had really probably the world's leading industrial capability, uh, we were able, in, with the start of World War II, to turn on uh, <clears throat> a production capability that was churning out an aircraft carrier literally in two months. Now, think about today, it takes us six years to build an aircraft carrier. Then Back then, they were doing it in two months. They were turning out fighter aircraft in, in two days. And so the, the United States had the steel mills, they had the other manufacturing plants that they could do these uh, assemble these uh, machines of war. Not today. Uh, those have largely been eviscerated from the American landscape and sent overseas. So right now, the United States claims that it can produce 
19,155 millimeter shells a month. Not my claim, it's, that's been from the Biden administration. Well, Ukraine shoots that many in three days. So just do the math. Uh, Ukraine is doing in three days what the United States produces in one month. And if Ukraine keeps doing that day after day after day, the United States can never catch up to that. The only way it could catch up is it would have to actually construct the factories and then find the raw materials that would be required to produce those shells. So that's that's what has transpired. What what this what the Russians call their special military operation has exposed the vulnerability of all of NATO, not just the United States, all of NATO uh, to be able to fight an industrial scale war. Do you would you say that most Americans believe we could turn on the the military engine overnight like we did for the the world wars in the past because yeah uh, the reason i i say that is i i was speaking with somebody probably late 50s he said oh not a big deal america can ramp up military production within a matter of days if necessary i said yeah. they, Nonsense. they could barely they could barely ramp up making masks and hand sanitizer like weapons of war complex machines and uh, weapons, so yeah, it's, we're just well, not as skilled like we used to be either. Right, that's, that's the thing. You put your finger on it. It's not just the lack of those plants, the physical infrastructure. It's the lack of trained people who can do those jobs. And, you know, I think I commented before on your show that when I graduated from high school 50 years ago, the my, myself and my, and my classmates Our parents worked at Sheffield Steel or Armco Steel now, uh, at Standard Oil, at Bendix Manufacturing, which was producing auto aviation parts and other sophisticated equipment, at Aulis Chalmers, which produced farm equipment like harvesters, and two automobile plants from General Motors that were in the Kansas City, Missouri area. Those are all gone. I mean, it's not like they've scaled back. They're gone. They don't exist there anymore. They're shuttered. So, you know, your friend's delusional. The United States, there's no switch to flip because we don't have those factories in place ready to start working. Yeah. Wow. Um, President Biden said in a a speech recently that white supremacy... (laughs) is the the biggest threat to the United States of America. But would you agree that most Americans have no idea that Ukraine is full of (laughs) neo-Nazis, that they basically go around the country bullying citizens into complying with a certain lifestyle, uh, a, a way of voting, a way of living? And this is one reason why denazification was like in the top three Right. Uh, reasons why Russia was going into Ukraine. Yeah, this is this is not some isolated phenomenon. It is, it is genuine. It's authentic, and it's been around for years. Uh, you know, I, re- I recall. I guess the first time I really became aware of it was about six years ago, when I stumbled upon a documentary that was about the sons of two Nazis, the infamous Nazis. One was the son. Of, of Hans Frank, who set up the uh, death camps uh, in Poland, Auschwitz, 
Kalmno, Maidanak, uh, you know, Sobibor, Treblinka. That was Hans Frank. And his son is now a man well into his 70s. Uh, and then the son of a uh, name von, von Wachter, uh, who was the, the son of the governor general of Ukraine. And this documentary was taking them back and they were sort of uh, Hans Frank Jr. rejected, hated his father. Uh, von Wachtel actually sort of loved his father. And they went to a ceremony in Ukraine where people were dressed up in Nazi uniforms. They were singing Nazi war songs. And they were talking about, uh, couldn't we have the good old days when von Wachtel, uh, Wachter was uh, was running things? So, I mean, this, you know, it's it's anecdotal, but it's, it exemplifies that this is real. And then when you see these Azov battalion with all the different Nazi tattoos and Nazi symbiol- uh, symbology, you just, there's no way to escape it. So here, here's the irony. They, they always get away with excuses. Well, how could they be Nazi? Because they got a Jewish president. Well, they do. And uh, part of it, that is just designed to manipulate Western public opinion. Uh, it, the Russia has a legitimate fear of the Nazis because the last time the Nazis were running around with a military organization, they did invade Russia and they did kill upwards of uh, 27 million people. Yeah, yeah, le- le- a legitimate reason to fear. Um, let- let's switch gears to Poland. Um, Poland says they're very nervous about uh, their neighbors, Belarus. <laughs> With their new nuclear weapons from Vladimir Putin, strong military ties to to Russia, so they're going to add ten thousand new military troops to their border. Uh, could this potentially spin out of control, and two more countries are pulled into the war, or is this just them being extra precautious because, unlike the United States, they actually care about protecting their border? Yeah, no, I I, I think this is a. Uh... It's a contrived move on the part of Poland. Uh, number one, let's recall, it's Poland that's hosting uh, upwards of 10,000 American troops now on its soil that has put in place uh, a missile system that was taken off an Aegis a naval uh, ship, and it's now on land and can be used to fire nuclear-tipped missiles at Russia. So Poland has been, if if you want to look at it from Russia's standpoint, the aggressor here. Number two, Poland, the relationship between Poland and Ukraine is fraying with each passing day. It's becoming more antagonistic. And Poland's fearful that it's going to be left holding the bag. So uh, it, it, it would like to try to provoke a conflict with Belarus in hopes that that would enforce or enact Article 5 of NATO and get the rest of NATO involved in the fight. Now, what these what these people are not taking into account is that NATO does not have a ready military force that can be activated and deployed within a week or two. And apart from being deployed, they can be amply supplied to carry out military operations. NATO has become very much sort of a uh, a paper tiger in that regard. And that's part of what has been exposed uh, during this war between Russia and Ukraine over the last 18 months. So 
I, I think what you have is a small group of Polish leaders who are taking a, a very dangerous risk. And yet the elections are coming up in October. And uh, from contacts I, I have in Poland, they indicate that the, the mood is swinging against war towards peace. So we, we shall see. Okay. I mean, and speaking of holding the bag, I, I read this was many months ago. I don't know if you have updated numbers, but wasn't Poland, in in addition to hosting 10,000 U.S. military boots on the ground, weren't they hosting anywhere between four to five million Ukrainian refugees? Yes, yes. Uh, so that's that's also wearing down. I mean, New York City, Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, thinks he has a problem. Imagine five million people spilling right. into your, your tiny country the resources and, and all of that, um, you know, hopefully this thing will come to an end and those people can return home. But there may be a lot of them that say we never want to return or there's nothing to return to. Yeah, well, have you ever had some obnoxious friends come to visit you and you, you've offered them accommodations and then they overstay their welcome? Uh, that's what's happening in Poland. Uh, they've got those un- unwelcome guests who... Uh, you know, don't clean up after themselves, who leave the kitchen a mess and, and expect uh, you to clean it up. And uh, it's it's not sitting well with the Polish people. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I said uh, a couple of weeks ago that it looked like the, the battle between Russia and Ukraine was heading south to the Black Sea. You mentioned earlier uh, the, the Dnieper River and also taking uh, Odessa, which is a, a port city. Uh, Zelensky has declared that Ukraine will now start attacking uh, anything in the in the Black Sea. Uh, how does President <laughs> Zelensky's declaration of Russian supply vessels and ports as military targets impact the ongoing conflict between the between these two countries? Well, what's actually happening is the Russian uh, Russia has launched an offensive up north around. Kharkiv and is uh, pressing a, 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 on a broad front in, in the north. And uh, Ukraine is evacuating population and falling back. Uh, Zelensky says these things, but their ability its to say it is one thing, to do it is another. And the, the problem Zelensky has is they don't have the weaponry and the physical reach to really launch a sustained campaign. Russia does, and Russia has counter-battery and anti-missile defense systems that can defeat those. There's some evidence that one of the ships that was hit by a, a maritime...